Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is December the 3rd, 2014, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. And I am your host, Technisha. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? I hope everyone had a blast. Hope you didn't have to kill anyone for Thanksgiving. And hopefully the food was not burnt or it didn't taste too awful. Well, my Thanksgiving was wonderful. I had to work, but oh well. I got my cooking on out the way that week, and by Wednesday, everyone was eating. Still had plenty of leftovers left, and they finished it right on up. Now we're ready for Christmas and round two again, getting ready for the Bible presents and everything, trying to rack up on that. I already got my Christmas decorations up. It's tiresome. It feels like an eight-hour job doing all this. Uh, but speaking of job, because this is the perfect time to really get started, because next year is coming in. Some of you already probably graduated from college, still looking for work. Of course, that was my signature, too, looking for work. But uh, thank God I still have a job intact. Uh, so, you know, if you have a job, kudos, but if you're just looking for that career path to get started, this is perfect for you. This show is going to help you get to that next point, the interview question that you should be asking, what not to wear. Ladies, you need definitely this. I have seen some of you in the past go to career fairs and you wear these open-toed shoes, and that's a no-no, and how high your skirt really should be and what type of blouse you should or should not actually wear. You know, you got to tighten up on your suit and make sure you press it out before you actually go to these job interviews. But to give you further assistance on this is here with me, Absolutely Abby, expert human resources recruiter, author, and speaker. And she will be giving you all the pointers to be successful out there to get that job and nail it. So call in at 347-426-3751 with your questions, and the chat box will be open up, too, if you're too shy to have a voice at the moment. Abby, how how are you today? I'm fabulous. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad that you're on. I think this is a perfect time to start getting everybody ready. We have a lot of probably college graduates out there ready to hit the field and don't know actually what to say or do. You know, it, it, it seems, and the way things are changing, it, it seems so different now. You go into a job interview, you feel like you're being roasted, like, oh, what questions are they going to ask me? And that really throws a lot of people off because I, I, I do. I got nervous when I had I had an interview just for internship, and I was like, uh-oh, what questions are you going to ask me? I don't know. I hope I answer good. And the worst one of them all is, what is your weakness? That's the that's the only one I cannot really stand. What are your weaknesses? I'd be like, uh, I, I don't know what are what are my actual weaknesses. So Abby, can you help us out there for people who stumble upon that question? Of course I can. And the thing is, that is a question you're going to get asked from now until you retire. It's a question that's been around for years. It's going to keep being around, and. It's totally about the reason people are asking is because they really want to know what your weakness is. 
And the reason they want to know what your weakness is is because they want to make sure that your weakness is not going to interfere with the job. Because let's say you get a job and your weakness, let's say that your weakness is that you come in late every day. Well, then I probably shouldn't hire you to be a receptionist, right? But if you come in if you come in late every day and you are, let's say, a scientist or a computer programmer, that's really not a problem because those jobs were more concerned about what you accomplished during the day. It's not about the hours that you're there. So we really want to understand what your weakness is. So don't be afraid of that question. At the same time, you want to answer honestly and you want to choose a weakness that's not going to interfere with you getting the job. So as a receptionist, what you could say is my greatest weakness is that I'm I'm not really good with pivot tables on Excel. Now, what's funny is most receptionists don't know how to use pivot tables on Excel, but maybe you learned it and it's not one of your strengths. But if you say that, no one's going to not hire you to be a receptionist. Does this all make sense to you? Yes. And then after you mention your weakness, you could talk about what the manager could do to help you improve it or you could talk about what you're doing to improve it. So you could say, my weakness is pivot tables on Excel. What I'm doing is I'm going to an Excel class right now to improve that. Or when I get on the job, what would be really great is if you could you sit with me and try to help me understand pivot tables. And the person would say, well, you really don't need to know pivot tables as a receptionist, so it's going to be fine. And then you know you did a good job with that question. Okay. I had a instance like that for a job it was at Turner and it was for the NBA league pass coordinator position which I had no clue what it was about actually and they start asking me questions on oh have you ever worked with master control I'm like no I was honest with them Abby I told them no I never worked with that my focus was always on news reporting but I told That's them I, I'm always willing, you know, I'm always willing to learn anything new. I can learn in a heartbeat. I mean, I'm a fast learner. I'm good in customer service. You know, I was just going with the flow. I was nervous at the same time, but I was just going with that. there and lying and say, oh, yeah, I know about master control and had no clue. And they ended up hiring me, and I was very shocked to that fact. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can't believe I'm here that you actually hired me, even though I didn't stay too long, but. It was just, you know, I just feel like honesty goes a long way. Instead of just lying, trying to get the position, be honest. Be your, First of all, I think that one thing most people need to remember is to be yourself all the way. Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that. And being honest is really important because let's say you lie about knowing master controls and then you get on the job and then they say, okay, do this thing, and you don't know how to do it. Well, you're not going to last very long anyway. So it's really better to just explain that you don't know how to use it. However, in the past, one example of when I didn't know how to use something is when I learned how to use whatever. Like, so you give an example of something you learned in the past and that you had to learn it quickly and how you did that. So rather than just saying I'm a fast learner, which is what everybody says, by the way, Everybody thinks they're a fast learner. You give an example of how you are a fast learner, and that will knock that out of the park. But you did something during that interview that got you the job. So what you probably did is you probably hinted on the fact that you were a fast learner, and you probably gave some examples in what you said. 
that's what I think probably happened. Right, and they all um, what? Well, one their next questions were, um, how do you deal with a difficult situation? And I told them my experiences as being a waitress, because still a waitress today. And I told them of the situation where I had to handle so many tables. And, you know, sometimes you get in a jam where someone might get off the floor and you have to punch it. You got to really pull it together. You have no time to flake. Everything has to be in order. And so I was just giving them examples of how I can handle myself from the fact that I do waitress. So I, that's basically where I was pulling my stuff from, Abby. I couldn't pull it from nothing else except from that and the fact that I did internship at a news station. And that's, and that's all. Like I said, even though I didn't keep the job long because I made a few mistakes and she let me know that, she was like, well, maybe we should have trained better. And I was like, okay, well, at least I did get the job. That's that's the main factor. I got in to get that experience. So if it goes to round two again, I could say, hey, I had a little bit of experience. I did this. I know how to handle this position. Um, just need better training. But, you know, I did get that experience. Yeah, well, that's great. And whatever you did, you must have said something that triggered them to decide to hire you. And it's sometimes it's just about giving examples of how when you're a waitress and life got tough and you had too many tables, explaining how you handled it, that's exactly what they want to know and because they figure right. if this is how you handled it in the past, this is how you would handle the situation in the future. So that's and also good. I think, thank you. And I think also, Abby, because I'm more of a genuine person. Well, of course I'm Southern. But after the interview, I don't know if you're supposed to do this or not, but I did. I thank them greatly because the fact that you took the time out just to look over my resume and that made me feel so good that they did that. And I know they were shocked just to see that coming from a person, but I just had I had to. I know you're supposed to shake hands, but I just had to give the lady a hug because I was thankful that you called me, that you didn't overlook my application because it's so hard to get into the work field. And even though, like I said, you got I didn't do well like you wanted me to, it just felt good just to even get in that position, say, hey, I work yeah. for Turner because that's yeah, because that's a big well, company for most people just to even get into. Yeah, and the thing is, the fact that you showed them appreciation might have been what got you the job. It Most people are not that appreciative, and, and that's really nice that you thought that just for them looking at your resume, you appreciate them. And that's really great character strength that you have, that you appreciate Thank the basic you. things. And most people don't. So... That probably goes extremely far when you're on an interview. People see that and they're like, wow, she appreciates this? My goodness, what, uh, she's going to be a great employee. That's probably one of the reasons you got hired there. Right. I couldn't hold I couldn't hold it back, Abby. I just had to come out. I just had to thank him. I said, I don't know if it's appropriate to give her a hug, but I just got to because you, you took that time out and you picked me out out of, out of so many other people. So that was that meant a lot to me. Right, whether <laughs> you get them type of position. I'm always like that. I have a lot of gratitude. So, you know, whoever hires me, expect the hook because that, that's how much I appreciate it. Hey, if I get a call from a news station right now, I'm going to be so appreciative. But, um, Abby, how did how did you become absolutely Abby? I just love it, too. It, it got a nice little ring to it. Thank you very much. Well, 
so this is how it happened. So I've been doing recruiting for 18 years in human resources. Okay. I've hired about 10, yeah, 10,000 people got offers from me along the way. But what happened is across the table there was a candidate, and if they didn't get the job, I wasn't able to tell them why. And so I became absolutely Abby so I could teach people why they weren't getting the job. And so now I'm working with people to explain why it's been four months that they haven't gotten a job, those kinds of things. That's why I became absolutely Abby. Yeah. Oh, see, now that's a good thing, too. I don't know, Abby. I might be making some mistakes, too, because I have my resume, and to me, I think it looks good, and I have had other people to look over who's professional, but I don't know what's the hold up of me not getting the job that I inquired to get. And I keep saying maybe it's something else. You know, I always, when I question something, I always look towards for God for an answer. I'm saying maybe maybe it's something else, a different direction he wants wants me to go. I don't know. But um I just hope it's not my resume that looks too awful and mm-hmm. or, or or my name or even perhaps my name by being technician. You know, I think about every little thing going into the workforce, anything that could possibly stop me or hinder me, you know, so I try to keep brush up on everything, make sure everything's fresh and another one thing um, someone gave me advice on, too, when you're looking for jobs, look for certain keywords that they're using when they give these job descriptions. You might That's want right. to try to tweak that a little bit and add that to your resume. You might have had a job doing that, but at the same time, add some of them keywords because a lot of times, like places like CNN, they'll put the resumes through a little program. Um, I forgot what the young lady called it, and they'll look for them certain keywords to pull out because they can have so many resumes coming through, but one or two of the resumes is going to stand out, and that's who's going to get the job. So I always right. try to do that, tweak my resume to them keywords. I'm like, okay, I'm up, I'm uplifting. I can work in, work in a fast-paced environment. I'm always doing something like that, but I don't know, Abby. I don't know what, let me tell what you. else I can let me tell you about these. Let me tell you about these keywords. I'm going to tell you the whole story, okay? Because so, yes, you got yes, the right ma'am. information from somebody but you didn't get the whole story. So I'm going to give you the whole story. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth about these words, okay? So what happened is, let's pretend that CNN wants to hire someone. They write a job description, and they hand it to the recruiter, and they say, go find me a person like this. Now the recruiter looks at the job description and says, well, how am I going to find somebody in the universe that has these skills? And the recruiter takes those words that you're talking about, those keywords, and they input them into their system, and they say, give me all the resumes that have these keywords on them. Okay? That's how we do it. So you're 100% right when someone said that. That's why it happens. Now, the reason we need to do this is because we get bazillions of resumes. So if we get 1,000 resumes, like I remember one time I posted a job for a receptionist, and I got 500 resumes by the next day. I shut the ad Ooh. down. I didn't need more than 500 people. But the problem is, <laughs> right. how do I pick? How do I pick which receptionist is the right one? And so one way is to read all the cover letters. And there's not many. So if I get 500 resumes, I might get 20 cover letters. So that's a way to narrow it down. But the way that most people do it is they stick these keywords in there based on the job description. And mm-hmm. so... 
with the receptionist, it might have said in the job description that you need to know Microsoft Word, and if so, we would put in Microsoft Word. But I want you to think about this. If you put the word Microsoft Word in your resume one time, and someone else put the word Microsoft Word in their resume three times, who do you think would show up higher up in the list? Oh, the one with the three times. Uh-oh. Right. Yeah. So it's not just about getting the word in there once. It's about getting in there multiple times. And the way you do that is, yeah, so like you think to yourself, well, let's see, I used Microsoft Word in job one. I used Microsoft Word in job two. I used Microsoft Word in job three. So three times I used Microsoft Word. You can put Microsoft Word into each job. And then you have a summary at the top sometimes. You can put it in there. Or you in the computer skills section, you can put it in there. That could get it in there five times. Okay. This is all assuming that Microsoft Word is one of your key words. Now let's talk about a position, let's say a scientist. Do you think that Microsoft Word would be a keyword for a scientist? What do you think? No, I would not think that at all for science. Right. You're right. Because scientists, the keywords are going to be science words. So, like, things that are not keywords are things like the word organized, the word fast-paced environment, the word teamwork. All those things are never going to be keywords because everybody's going to have it on their resume. The keywords are things that everybody doesn't have on their resume, like master controls. That's not something that most people are going to have the word. They're not going to have that word on their resume. So if you have master controls experience and you see that in the job description, you want to try to think of ways to put it on your resume multiple times. That's the secret keywords. That sounds sounds even better. That makes sense because you let them know, hey, this is my experience. This is what I learned. I'm I'm throwing you. You're pitching yourself. That's what you're doing. You're pitching yourself. You're trying to get that job, and you've got to be that that shining star. So... Abby, what are the main key things that people need to have on their resume? Because sometimes you can go over two pages, and I don't think yeah, that's and, good. Yeah, and what's interesting, see, that I talk about this all the time, that there's there's no God of resumes. Like, there's no one authority on resumes. There's no perfect right. resume book. Like, if you said, give me, tell, me <laughs> tell everyone of my listeners what the perfect resume book is. There is no such perfect book. Right. Because there's <laughs> no one person that knows what a resume should look like. It's all completely right. subjective. So you can have a one-page resume. You can have a two-page resume. You can have a three-page resume. It doesn't matter. It just depends on okay. the person who's reading it. If they think it's too long or too short, then it is. that makes sense? Okay. Okay. Yes, it so, does, because I always was told that it should be one page, especially if you're entry level. If, you, if you've been yeah, working in the field yeah. for 15-plus years, it should be two two pages, you know. Mm-hmm. It's that's just sort of the it's what people say, but there's no there's no should because there's no authority. So okay, it's true that when you come out of college, you probably should have a one page resume because you don't have a lot of experience. But there are college right. grads that had lots of great work experience. I know when I went to college, I had a, several internships and I did some work study at the library, so I had tons of experience. So I think even out of college, my resume was about a page and a half. So there's nothing wrong with that. Page length is really arbitrary at this point. It's But what should be on your resume? So I'll tell you some of the things that should be on your resume. The first thing is every job that you've had, right? 
and a okay. description of every job that you've had. That would be the bullets for your job description. And then also, if you've accomplished things at those jobs, it's great to put your accomplishments on your resume. That helps you differentiate yourself from every other candidate. You should also have a summary at the top. And you should have a list of skills like computer skills and things like that at the bottom. And you can also put that at the top. You can put it at the top or the bottom. And really important these days is if you're out of work, you need to do some volunteer work and you need to get that on your resume as well. Okay. So those are some of the things that you can put on your resume. And if you're a member of any organizations, you should put that on your resume. And yes, so ma'am. and and of course, if you're on social media like LinkedIn, you definitely want to put that on your resume at the top. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So that should automatically okay, cuz I am on Link LinkedIn. That's a great look anyone who wants to get in to network and find business careers or whatnot. Um, also, should well, Abby, the only thing I don't really put on my resume is that I am a waitress because I try mm-hmm. to focus on the I try to focus on the news career point. So I don't know if I should put that on my resume. Let them know, hey, I'm still working as a waitress even though I am trying to find work in the news industry. Yeah, what? How long have you been working as a waitress? Oh, I've been doing it for nine years now. And wow, I was okay. While trying to yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, no, that's terrific. And how long, here's what it is. It depends on how long you've been out of the workforce. So it depends on how long you haven't had a job in the industry that you want. Because the thing is, employers want to know that you're doing something productive in the gap. Oh. So it's oh. not bad to mention that you're a waitress. What you can do in there is you can put a sentence that says, I'm doing this while I'm looking for my regular career. And then people will understand. But they would rather you be a waitress rather than being unemployed for a year. They would much rather you be a waitress. Okay. That's, I that sure will make sense? sure I put that up. It does. It yeah. does in perfect yeah. sense. So I could put that up under my jobs and my work experience as well because mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so long. You know, and I, I love it. I do. I love what I do. I'm I'm a people's person. <laughs> that's why I always that's why I always try to go for the social producer jobs at the news station because you have to deal with people on the phone. They get the news story. You got to be talkative, communicative. So that's why I try to go for those positions. So you know what? Maybe I do need to put. You're right, Ed. I might need to put that because they probably looking like, well, we see she graduated. We see she did her internship. Okay, she did this one job, but what what, is, what have she been doing with in her time for these nine years? We don't see nothing else. Okay, who knows? That That's probably right. could be stopping me, too. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I do have you on the phone, Ab, because it's amazing. Little small things you don't think about, them little details can get you to not have yeah. this job that you've been wanting so badly. Yeah, so, Abby, it's, it's these, little de- these little details that can get you. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Make sure everyone you get these tips. Tweak those resumes definitely. If you know that you have done something new, put it on there. Oh, and Abby, you know what I also heard too? Your children. You can start a resume for them as well. 
that's interesting. What do you mean by uh, uh, children? Like what age are you thinking about? Um, I guess eight, nine on up. You, they can start a resume too. Like if they've done any volunteer work, um, you know, sure. people have said keep keep records of that type of stuff. I don't know how valid that would be in the workforce, but you know, well, any comments on it, that? Yeah, it depends on what. Um, the level of volunteer work that they've done, if it's really something impressive, they can definitely start a resume and um, okay. just you know start a Word document with a resume. Um, it's very impressive if they do excessive volunteer work because they can't have that much time because they're going to school. But maybe in the summer, yeah. instead of going to day camp, maybe they volunteer at a homeless shelter. Who knows? But if they do something really impressive like that, they should definitely add it to their resume. And what happens is as you get older, things drop off, right? So all the internships that I had in college are no longer on my resume because I've been out of college for 26 years. But there was a time when all that stuff was very relevant. For like a couple of years into college, I had all that stuff on there. And after college, I had it on there. But eventually you find things that are better, and that's when it drops off. But if you're a kid that wins a spelling bee, let's say you win, like, the National Spelling Bee in third grade, I still think that's pretty good to list on your resume, even as an adult, because you still know how to spell. I mean, that that shows something, even if it's a million (laughs) years ago. You know what I mean? So that's a really – I like that idea. Yeah. Right, to get them – and it and it's teaching them to get ready for this workforce. One day you got to get out there and get that job. So this is helping them to start now. So you are yeah. you have taken your show on the road, which is I think that's awesome. I see a lot of people are doing things like that to build their career, taking stuff on the road. So why you decide to do it? Well, I was talking to job seekers in the New York, New Jersey area, and I set a goal to help one million job seekers, and I felt that I wasn't reaching my goal in New York, New Jersey. I just needed to get out and meet more people. That's really what it comes down to. And I do go back to New York, New Jersey every couple of months to continue to help those wonderful people there. But I needed to meet more wonderful people, and I needed to share these these little tidbits all across the country, not just in one place. Because people all over need these things. And I know you said you're from Atlanta, and I was in Atlanta three different times, so three different times I met wonderful people in Atlanta and I taught them these little things, these little secrets that are helping them and it gives me great joy. So that's why I decided to drive around the country to do this. And I, I live in an RV now, so it's easy to do. Oh, well, see, that's good. They love People love that. They love that when you can connect with them and help them understand because this workforce is no joke trying to get out here and get a job, especially if you've been out of it for so many years and, you know, technology has updated, and you have to know everything, how to work Microsoft Word, how to know about touchscreens. So it's really crazy. Like you, it makes you feel like you have to go back to school for everything. Like, oh, something else coming out. Oh, I need to know this. I need a degree for this. Like, oh, this is – it gets irritable because I be feeling like that sometimes. Like, okay, I'm not finding a job in this. Maybe I need to go back to school for this. And the medical field looks pretty good too. So it has you warped. Um Really, it does. Yeah, but so, I think, um, and, you're I think re- and you're right, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling, just like what you're talking about. And what I would suggest to everybody is to, instead of just doing what's hot out there, like what, what seems to be a growing field, 
is try to think uh-huh. about what you love to do. And I know that you love journalism, right? You love reporting. Yes, you love what you're doing now, having a radio show. And I would always recommend to people that they find a way to get paid for doing what they love. Even if it takes a little bit of struggle, even if you don't have the fanciest clothes and the fanciest car and maybe you have to live at home, whatever it is, if you wait for that wonderful job to come through that's in the field that you want, it's going to be a wonderful career. Whereas if you just go and say, okay, I'll become a medical transcriptionist, if you don't really want to do that, it's probably not going to last very long. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, and like, that, I would tell I you, I would, I would tell you to keep going as a waitress. Like, just yes, do ma'am. that. Cause you still like okay. it, and just then, wait, wait for the job that you want. You know. Yes. You're right, because that's that's my heart. I've always wanted to be a news reporter, and I said I'm I'm not going to give up so easily, because <laughs> I have seen some get into it, like Karen Minton. She said she didn't get into meteorologist till she got in her forties. You know, so. I, I think I'm going to just keep going, you know, until I always say until the good Lord is ready for me to stop, then I'll stop. But other than that, I will keep going. Uh, but I do get a lot of offers in sales because I get a lot of my customers tell me, you are so good in sales that you told me something that I really didn't consider. <laughs> so Yeah, well, know, and hey. maybe, okay, so maybe there's something you could do in sales and broadcasting. Maybe there's something, like maybe hmm. you could sell airtime. Or some something like that. If everyone's telling you you're oh. good at sales, it's probably because you're good at sales, you know? Right, because I do get a lot of them compliments. Yeah. It, it is. That That's a good, that is a good thought. I might need to try that. I'm glad you suggested that, Abby. I could try to talk to somebody about that. I sure will. And I think that's mm-hmm. why you should search for a job that you really love because we work so many jobs that we don't. Some of us go to a nine to five right now and cannot stand our boss or the people who come in our face. And it shows, it shows big time, and that reflects. That's why I say I yeah. do love what I do, because every time, and no matter what situation, we all have a bad day at home, but you don't bring it out at work. And I love, right. it. and that's what my boss, told. my boss even told me that too. He said I love the fact that you come to work, you never have a frown on your face. It, it takes a lot to get a frown on me. But he said, you never have a frown on your face. I said, I don't bring my problems to work. Even if it is bothering me, I'm still not going to put it towards the table. Hey, that's that's my money at the table, so I can't reflect my anger that way. And customers see that. And we have got reports on that from about people come to the table, oh, that person looked like they didn't want to work. So I'm not going to score high on this survey because of this situation. So, yeah, get something that you love to do. If you don't love it, then find something else. Till you find what yeah, you but love. I mean, it's so you're saying that some of your friends tell you that you're good at sales, but I think you're also good at customer service, right? So there's yes, that yes. whole thing. There's like, there's like, maybe there's something you can do in customer service in broadcasting rather than in broadcasting. You know, so like, these are ideas. Right. If if people are telling you you're good at something, there's a reason because you're probably good yes, at ma'am. it. You know? Yes, I do. Um, like I, I would was, be, I would be an awful waitress. I would just not be a good waitress. <laughs> I don't have enough patience to deal with people like me as customers. <laughs> you know? Well, it's a, it does. It's a, it takes a lot of patience, but I normally do not get any, I guess I could say, buttholes. I don't. I, I always get people who are understandable. 
Um, and yesterday, it was a very difficult situation for me, Abby, because I had to deal with customers who was who spoke Polish, and uh-huh. I was like, uh-oh. I didn't know they spoke Polish at first, and I told my manager, I said, um, I don't know what language they speak. Uh, this is going to be difficult. Uh, so the lady came out. She said, I'm Polish? And I was like, oh, okay. I went through my app, and I found the little translator. We made it work. I got them or two I got them both a well done burger with bacon and cheese and some chips <laughs> to go along with it and some sweet tea. They knew how to say sweet tea and we made that work and I felt so sorry for them cuz I said I wish I could be here with them in the morning because I don't know if somebody's going to have the patience to work with them and and my coworker told me yesterday she said you have the patience for that type of stuff cuz they don't. <laughs> well, I'm Yeah, like, no. It's great. Everybody great. has to eat. They got to be fed, and I can't turn you away because I can't speak your language. That's why they made these apps for us, so we can all communicate. So I got them yeah. fed, and they were happy. And I was not worrying about no tip. I wasn't worrying about that. The main factor, I was worrying about that these people got fed because that's all he kept um, signif- He kept telling me. He said, I'm hungry. He kept he kept signaling it in his little language, in his sign language. He said, I'm hungry. He want to eat. And I said, okay, we're going to let you eat. We're uh-huh. going to make this work. <laughs> so yeah, wow. it, takes, it takes time and patience. It is. It's a very. You have to have patience to waitress. You do, because it gets heavy, yeah. No, that's you got that's to. amazing. Yeah. Right, and I and I love it. I love it. But like you said, it might be another signal for me to move forward to somewhere else because I get a lot of it all the time, and I get I have so many business cards from people um, that I I piled them up. I still keep a contact with them that want. You need to be on my team. You need to do this. You need to be That's in this right. business with me. Right, and That's I get right. a lot of them. I bet. I, I bet so you do, because if you're nice to people, why wouldn't they want to hire you, right? I know, and I try not to outshadow my other coworkers, because sometimes I feel like they be, well, they always do. They always put me on the spot sometimes when they had a meeting. Well, TK got this compliment. I'm like, oh, now everybody looking at me like, we're not trying to be like TK, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to be in the spotlight. But I do, I do, I come to do my job, and I I love every bit of it, Abby. I sure do, and maybe one day God will open that door, and I have a job as a news reporter, and I'm going to be the first one to call you, Abby. I'm like, Abby, I got the job. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, what, about being, what about being the, um, the manager of the restaurant? Can you do something like a supervisor, maybe do that? I'll probably train could. other people. I'm going to um, yeah. have to talk to the director of food and beverage because I work for Marriott and, and oh, see what they're wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm working. Yeah, I love the company. It's a great organization. It's all family oriented. And um, we're right now, my boss told us we are like number one out of mostly all the Marriott's, the best one. And we get so many other managers and corporate people to come just to check out our our restaurant because wow. they want to build another one. And usually they always end up, I hope none of my coworkers are listening, I'm always usually the one they pick to deal with the corporate people because of wow. my personality. I am. I'm, I'm more, I'm down to earth. I'm more of a, I'm, I'm just, I got that hospitality. Sometimes it slips. I might call you honey darling, and I know that don't always be professional, but that's me. I like, <laughs> and, and I don't like when people try to take that away from me because I like to be. I like to make you feel like you're at home. When you're in my station, right. I want you to feel like you belong. You're you're my customer. You're like my baby, 
And I told mm-hmm. one of my cousins that. I said, you're not a baby, but you're like my baby. I'm taking care of you. That's what I'm doing. You sit down. You you let me worry about the rest. And I tell all my customers, you drink and you eat. That's all you need to worry about. And I got the rest. And it makes them feel comfortable. Every once in a while, I had one guy said, well, you don't need to call um, people baby and you need to wait till somebody asks for their check. And I was like, okay. And I told him right back. I wasn't trying to be rude with him. But I said, I have not gotten a complaint like that before. But I appreciate you for telling me how to try to do my job. But I thank you. And he came back the next day and sat in my station after he told me. And I said, really? Really? Do you want me? <laughs> After I looked at him, I said, really? Is it because you want to feel like you at home? That's what it is. You Sometimes they be wanting love. They be acting stubborn. I know how to deal with the stubborn ones. I don't be worrying about them stubborn customers because I, I know how to deal with them too. And usually that's who, usually my coworkers to get me to be on them type of companies. They be like, TK. They acting up. Go over there and get them. And I'll break them on down. I don't be worrying about all that because you like a baby to me. When you acting stubborn, I think of my children. I think of mm-hmm. them acting stubborn. So I'm going to deal with you like that. You want to be stubborn? Go right ahead. Go ahead. Then <laughs> get it on out the system because you still, I'm not going to act up on you. That's one thing about me, Abby. You are not going to get me to act up on you. That's not my reputation. I feel I have a reputation at my job to keep up, and that's not to get a bag comment so that would never yeah. work that's funny but, i love that but, story about the guy that's a great story he did. must have really liked you I, well, he liked I you he did because he came back in my section again and said again but and i appreciate but i didn't use honey or darling with him i said sir which he did which i did understand him because working in a professional field like that everybody does not want to be called honey darling and I sometimes apologize for that because that's just me. Um, um, I like, like I said, I like to make you feel like you're at home. Even mm-hmm. if you're from the north, wherever you're from, from the west, east side, it doesn't matter. You are mine. That's how I always take it, and that's how I'm always going to be in service. But some, some people I do, you could tell who don't probably want to be too friendly, but most of the time I always get the ones who don't mind. Some of the guys be like, oh, I'm sugar. I thought I was honey. You calling him honey? I thought I was darling, so I get them little jokes every now and then. But it's it's so much fun. But we're gonna take a short commercial break, and we are going to get back with Abby on getting you that job. So stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. There's only one station that will keep you happy: Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at three four seven four two six thirty seven fifty one. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. 
This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I am here with absolutely Abby and even though we've been getting into a good little conversation, that's what it's all about. I like to be conversational with my guests, but we're here to actually get you this job. So we are, and you can find so much more out about Abby by going to abbyacrossamerica.com. So, Abby, earlier you mentioned about cover letters, about the 500 receptionists. Do candidates still have to send in cover letters? Well, if you want to get the job, I would highly recommend that you send a cover letter because that way you can make sure that someone knows you a little bit better than your resume. And if you've got 500 resumes and no cover letters, how can you possibly understand people's personalities? So I always read cover letters. I know that some recruiters say that they don't read cover letters, but for the ones that do, you should send one if the job is something of real interest to you. Right, and that seems, a cover letter seems even harder than a resume because I have tried to write one, but I think in a cover letter you're just giving a little more detail to what it is that you can do. But who should should you address it to? Because sometimes I may have applied for a job online and I don't know exactly the address because I have seen cover letters where they have the address of the company. It's like, I don't know the address of this company or who to address this to. Well, if I was doing this nowadays, I would go onto Google and I would Google the company's address. Right. It doesn't have to okay, be the right address. It just has to be an address. So okay. any company, if you look up their address on Google, you'll get an address. And if it's wrong, it's no big deal because you're sending it via the web anyway. So it's not like you're, it's going to in the mail anymore, not, not usually. Right. Right, that's amazing. Nobody's doing mail-in, no more. Everything is through the Internet. It's amazing how times really have changed. So in your in your field, you have experienced so much, teaching so many. What are some of your favorite landing stories? Okay, so one story is there was this guy. His name is Marty, and he's a very senior-level chief financial officer. Like, you know, that's like oh. the finance guy at the top of the chain. And um, he lost his job on a Friday, and he went to get his haircut on that same day. And he was sitting in the chair, and he was talking to the hairdresser, which you know that hairdressers know everybody, and they know everybody's business. So he was talking to the hairdresser about losing his job and telling her all about it and kind of venting, like, you know. And the hairdresser said, well, that's kind of interesting because a few hours ago I had a recruiter sitting in my chair and they were telling me that they couldn't find a CFO. And so oh, wow. they, yeah, so she connected the two of them together and he had a job within two weeks of losing his job. Oh, hey, so man. That's isn't that cool? Thing. Yeah, it that's is, a cool story. I, you never know who you will meet. That's why I'm always trying to be so professional at my job and be kind because you never know who has the insides to something else. That is a blessing. Just lost your job and then here God turned it right back around, and opened up another door. So I'm that's a good that is that's a blessing all the way. God for that. So, you know, most of yeah. the most companies go into your background check. What are they actually looking for when they do this though? Just to make sure that you're not a convict, of course. 
Well, A, that, and B, that you're not lying about stuff. That's why they're doing a background check. So in other words, people lie about salaries all the time. People lie about their titles. People lie about the dates of employment. So the company is just looking to make sure that you're not lying. Because most companies, like what they think is if you lie before you get the job, how can we trust you on the job, right? Right. So that's what the background check is about. They We check all kinds of things. We check to make sure your social security number matches your name. And we check to make sure you graduated. Would you believe that people have lied about graduating from college? Can you imagine? Oh, oh. I, there's it no happens. way I could actually do that. But it, I, I, believe I know. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine doing. Like, I couldn't. I don't know how I would live with myself. But I know people right. that did it. I know I know friends of mine that did it and still managed to get away with it. And I'm not even sure how that how they managed to get away with it for all these years. But people just lie about stuff, and companies don't want that to happen anymore. That's why the background check process has come through. Right. It's best to be honest. I mean, definitely as you want that job, be honest because you're not going to get it lying. Hey, there have been plenty of opportunities. I have seen good job descriptions, and it's like, oh, no, pass away. Don't do it because it's going to catch up with you. Like you said, you, you're you saying you got experience as a master control. They put you to the test, and you don't know a thing about master control. Uh, you're up out of there, and it will be against you. It's going to be penalized against you, so just be honest with yourself. Um, yeah. But as, as times have changed, we, we're still looking for jobs out here economy is getting hard should job seekers consider temporary jobs while they're looking though oh yeah that's what you're doing so you're you're a waitress yes, you are. and yes, that's ma'am. what i would consider even though it's not temporary it's a it's a job that's kind of filling yes, in for your not having a job in what you really want to do that's what you're doing definitely so do anything do any temporary job even if it's part-time do something because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, one thing, you might end up loving this job and they might decide they love you too. And you want to, when you do a temporary job of any kind, or really when you do a job of any kind, whether it's permanent or temporary, you really do want to give your best effort because you just don't know what could happen from that. If you go into work grumpy every day because you really don't want to do part-time work or because you don't want to work the night shift, it's not going to help you. But if you do a great job, people will network with you, people will help you, and that's a great thing. So I would definitely do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. People remember people who have a positive attitude. That's why I always try to that smile on my face no matter what I go through, no matter if, what my boss may have said to me. You're not going to know my boss said it to me because I'm not going to tell you at the table and that's not going to be shown to my face. That's why sometimes I get my customer who come back, I remember you. You, sir, I had one guy tell me, he said, I remember you. You served me at another table, and I always try to remember my guests. I was like, oh, okay, well, it had it had to be me. And next thing I knew, the next day he came in, because I remembered his name. He was a flight attendant, too. He told my boss, who came back to me, he said, that guy just loved you. And he and uh, that's why I said I hope my coworkers are definitely not listening, but they want me to deal with the, the auditor who will be coming for next year. And this person audits you on everything from your service, make sure that you say everything correctly to the end point, make sure you suggest a sale, and they know that's what I do. So I'm like, okay, 
that would be our little secret then because they really want me to do that. They was like, we're going to find out who it is so you can actually do it. I was like, okay. You know, and I don't, it great. don't make me feel – and it don't make me feel bad that they look up to me like this. It's just that, you know, some people try to down you or you always do what the manager says. And it's not like that, Abby. I do what they say because I don't need any problems. I come to make money for my family so I can go home. That's all That's I do. Right. I'm not trying to That's suck right. up. If you right, and you know some people be negative. Well, you do everything they say. Yeah, I do everything they just tell me to do. Yes, I do, because I'm just trying to keep the chaos down. Why? Why buck the system? It's not that serious. If you don't That's want right. to, then go home. That's how I say right. I come to do my job. Exactly. And some people. Some people take it so negatively, and I, I hear them little feedbacks, and I just brush it off like, well, that's what you think, then oh, well. that's what, and, and my little dignity, and I'm thankful. It earned me my associate of the month, and I'm, pri- I'm proud of it. And you I'm should be because the thing is, it, right, but the thing is you're going to be the one that's going to get the promotion. You're going to be the one who's going to get a better job because right. you are treating people well. And then you'll be laughing all the way to the bank. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about what people think, right? right? I agree. I, I don't, Abby. I don't because it's good going to come out of it. And I I hope one day it does come out of it because I will hopefully I will be ready when that opportunity does come. Um, now, of course, we talked on about the long gap of employment. If you have that, do volunteer work, which I think that is good, showing them that you can do other stuff if you're still looking for work. Um, how important is it, though, to be truthful during that job search process, though, Abby? Oh, it's 100% important. And don't be feeling like, well, I'm only a waitress and I'm embarrassed about that. There's nothing to be embarrassed about working and making money to feed your family, right? Yes. Like, I I know people that go and they work at, um, at the supermarket just to get, some money to pay their bills. I mean, it's much worse if you tell me that I'm not working, I haven't been working for three years. I want to know, well, have you tried the supermarkets? Like, have you tried to get a job like that? That's what I really want to know because it's it's not like people get proud and they say, well, I've been a vice president, so I can't go work at the supermarket. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. It's, it's It's all about your pride and... It's right. better to not have to declare bankruptcy. You know what I mean? Because that's the next place right. you're going. I agree with and you 100%. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, lose your house like over that. your pride. Right. Right. Yeah. So. But there are it's people like that every day. They refuse to calm down off that high horse. Oh, I can't do this. I can't go flip burgers. Honey, I would go flip burgers in a heartbeat. If it's paying these bills and have something on my children's back to wear outside that door, then I will go do it. It does That's not right. matter. Take that. You no, better take that change. And, right. But people are like that. They, oh, I can't do that. That's too good for me. Well, you just keep on surviving the way you're doing then. Right. I got girlfriends like that now. Oh, I can't go work. Okay. Well, don't ask me for money because I'm not going to support you either. So <laughs> right. you better go right. for that nine-to-five job and stop depending on somebody to help you out. you too good. And then, oh, yeah. this is what gets me, Abby. I, this is what definitely gets me, Abby, when you're too good and knowing that you don't have the qualifications, knowing that you don't have the education, do what it is that you think you want to do, but, you're, but you don't want to work right. But you, 
but you don't want to work the Burger King job, but you want this corporate job. You don't have a corporate job education. How are you going to go work that job? You think they're going to let you run a Fortune 500 company? You don't even have the education? No. Honey, you better go apply for McDonald's. Why? People be acting like, and, and people look at those jobs like they're just so low level. They're not. McDonald's is a good company to work for things of those sorts. And if you get into it, you can actually buy stock and everything from them. Them companies are not bad like people be thinking. Yeah, the pay sometimes it stinks, but it is what it is. You got to start from the well, bottom to make it to the top. Yeah, and then again, you might be able to become a general manager at McDonald's, and I'm sure exactly. they make very good money. So, you know, just work hard, do a great job at whatever job it is that you're doing, even if it's volunteer right. work, and just, you know, just do that. Work hard. And you'll move up. And that's what it's all about. Right. Now, I guess that brings to the next question. Does a candidate have to take a pay cut in this economy? Well, it depends. It depends on what you're going for. So if you're yes. going for a job in your industry, you shouldn't okay. have to take a pay cut. Like if, if it's a job that you've done for 10 years and you just need another one of those same jobs, you shouldn't have to take a pay cut. There are some companies that are low-balling offers because they know the economy is bad, but usually a company doesn't do that because they know that another company could steal you away if they are cheap about their offer, right? So, like, if they offer you 50000 when you should be getting then and you take it, you're going to keep looking. So they know that. Smart companies know that. So Mm -hmm. you really shouldn't have to take a pay cut. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have to go get a job as, you know, at McDonald's. That's a different story. That's a job that's just a job that's holding you over. Right? Okay. So that's that is obviously is a pay cut for you if you used to make seventy five and now you're flipping burgers at McDonalds. But what we're talking about is going from your seventy five thousand dollar job to another $75,000 job, you should be able to stay at your same approximate range. Right. I I agree. It's kind of almost like seniority at work. Like you should be the first one to get dibs on certain things before someone who comes in the door don't know nothing, and they get it before you do. Right. You should be able to get that. It should be about, it should be balanced. Now, you know, Abby, we've, I mentioned earlier about the way people should dress. And I have yeah. been to college fairs. I see the open toes with ladies, skirts too short. And you're like, no, that's not the way that you want to dress. I I, well, I was always taught clothes and toes, um, black black suit or at least a gray, a solid color suit, mostly dark color, and hair out the face, you know, things, these little pointers that people don't look at, especially guys and yeah, these are really good points. So the suit, I agree, should be dark color, and it should be a suit, which means two two things need to match. So it can be a skirt suit right. or a pantsuit, doesn't matter, but they need to be the same color. And let's see, for women, it's about uh, not a lot of jewelry, and yeah, right. get your hair out of your eyes, you know, try to push it back a little. The other thing with both men and women is do not wear too much cologne or perfume or or body spray. Exactly. Because what if the interviewer is allergic to you? That's not going to work so much, right? 
Right. Not too much jewelry, not too much makeup, not too much perfume, or really no no perfume would be better. Right. Um, And then, uh, let's see, the shoes should be professional. Like you said, a lot of people don't like open-toed shoes. I really don't care about open-toed shoes, but there are some people that don't like them, so I also mention that. Um, And then make sure that everything is, ironed and pressed and make sure you have clean fingernails because I've seen that too. I've seen people right. with dirty fingernails. Yeah. Right. Come in. A nice little French manicure, ladies. And guys, it doesn't hurt. Stop at the nail shop. Get your nails done. They will do them nicely for you so you can look presentable. Keep your hair pulled back. If you're a guy and you have long hair, just pull it on back. Make sure that you, make sure you're looking right. Um, and another good tip, too, is to have your questions prepared for your interviewer. Now, what questions should you not ask to that interviewer, Abby? I would probably not ask about benefits. Hopefully, you can find the benefits out on the website, and you don't have to talk about them during the interview. And also, okay. the benefits don't matter if you're not going to get the job. The time to ask about right. the benefits would be after you get the offer, right? Because that's when benefits matter. So I wouldn't okay. ask about benefits. I also wouldn't ask about the salary. I would wait for them to talk to you about the salary, and yes, I wouldn't ma'am. bring it up. Let them ask you about it. It's a better way to do it. Okay. That that sounds logical. So what questions should you ask or that would be okay? Well, I would recommend that you do lots of research about the company and try to come up with specific questions that make you sound intelligent. So, like, let's say you read a press release about, let's say you were going to go apply to Marriott, or let's say you were going to, here's a really good example. Um, I know that Delta Airlines is looking for 2,000 new employees. That's as of uh, November 2014. So, Um, What I would do if I was going to work for Delta is I would look at the press releases on Delta and I would ask questions about Delta and the future and what you learned on the press releases. That makes you sound extremely intelligent. And then you can also ask questions about the job if you have them. But you could also ask about the person. You could ask the person, so if there was one thing you would change about the company, what would it be? Or is if there's one thing you could change about the culture, what would it be? That's just a really thought-provoking question, and you'll actually get a good answer. You'll hear the truth from the person. So that's a really good question to ask as well. You can ask them what their management style is. There's so many fabulous questions that you can ask out there. Right. Uh, I, remember, I remember when I went to one, the guy asked me, he said, well, how did you find out about the job or what things you have heard about the company. So I told them, you know, it's always good to have that research done because they're going to probably be the first thing come out of their mouth is asking you a question about the company. And you're like, oh, uh-oh. And I did my quick, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I did some research before going in for this interview because it's embarrassing. You get a job and you don't know nothing about the company. It's like, okay, so why did you apply for this? Now, I, I think this pertains to most people and myself as well. What if you get fired from a job, which I did at Turner, but I'm still working as a waitress, though. 
mm-hmm. what do you say in that? It, do you need to mention that, or if they ask what happened? If they ask what happened, you have to tell them because you can't lie. But there are all kinds of ways to work around the truth. And this is what I specialize in. When I work with people one-on-one, I have a session, an individual session with them, and I teach them specifically what to say. I help them learn how to spin it so that it sounds exactly legitimate and it's not lying. It's just explaining it in a different way. The other thing I would recommend is if you get, let's say you get fired from doing a sales job, the very next job you get should probably not be a sales job because they're going to be concerned about it. Or maybe the job you got fired from is uh, selling books. Don't go looking for a job selling books. Okay. It's not going to work out. But if you find a job, if you say to them, well, I got fired and and the reason is because I was terrible at selling books, but the truth is I really want to be a receptionist, they might hire you to be a receptionist. Does this make sense? Yes, ma'am, it does. So you have to kind of stray away from where you were. And that's the general advice, but people that I work with one-on-one, I can give them the very specific advice. Well, see, that's that's great enough advice because a lot of times we get a little scared and be like, uh-oh, I don't know if I should put that in. Now I'm a, I won't get the job because I wasn't honest. They're going to find out that I got fired. So, no, that's the best advice. Abby, before we go, how can job seekers reach you and purchase your book too? Sure. Well, I have a website I set up specifically for your listeners, and it's called meetabby.com. So it's spelled M-E-E-T-A-B-B-Y. Dot com, And if you go to that website, you get a free tone seminar, and it will teach you how to interview from the beginning to the end. So you can all go sign up on that site, and you'll get that teleseminar, and you'll be able to reach out to me if you have questions or if you'd like to schedule an, inter- an individual session. Okay. And, make, and definitely make sure you get Abby's book, Absolutely Abby's 101, Job Search Secrets. This book will help you if, if you have been out the workforce, if you're getting into it, mistakes you probably have made and don't need to retract those again. But, Abby, thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing this information with us. You're welcome. I've had a great time chatting with you today. Thank you, and and God bless you, Abby. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're so, you're so welcome. And my dear friends, And loved ones out there, before I leave, true for the day for my friend Mary Ellen is this, bring your full presence to work or your daily tasks so you can find new energy and fulfillment. Being present during the day begins with your intention set when you wake to your consciousness. Decide every day when you wake to bring your full presence to your daily activities. This will bring new energy and life to these activities. Some people think when they walk in the door at work, they cease being themselves and are this work person. You never stop being yourself, no matter what your job, from janitor to CEO to homemaker, etc. You should be committed to being a conscious and powerful person of integrity. Today, decide to present, to be present in your life. Enjoy the day, everyone, and I will hopefully see you sometime this week. If not, I will see you December the 15th with my next guest. So God bless you. Take care, and I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 
God bless.